you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Going to the hurry of offense. Yes, welcome to the DDFP. We are going hurry up. Patrick Claybon, handsome Hank, ready to break down a gaggle of subjects. Let's start off with this one. Aaron Rodgers, world famous, dates a famous celebrity, and yet was nervous to play golf with the President of the United States, Barack Obama. Patrick Claybon, who would you be nervous to play golf with? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Michael Jordan. He, he, he would make me pretty nervous. You know, What's interesting, remember about 20 years ago, everybody said, oh, as soon as his basketball career is over, he'll end up on the PGA Tour. That never really happened, did it? Handsome Hank, how say you? Well, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but I've never actually played golf, so playing against anyone would be would make me nervous. <laughs> Add it to our summer extravaganza of things that we have to do as we continue to kill time until the season starts. By the way, we are going to continue killing time till the season starts with our pal Kyle Long in just a bit. Yeah, I want to go out and play with Handsome Hank, the least British British person in history. I thought every Brit played golf didn't you think right. that i didn't think that no so no one would everybody would make you nervous to i mean i i wouldn't be nervous at all i think it's, it looks like it would be fun i just would prefer i like i like being outside in green spaces i just that's really nice enjoy the idea of playing golf you versus black tie who i suspect has never played golf either true black tie no, he says no. He's he's raising his hands to say no. Next up, Black Tie's brain is on another sport, the NBA Finals. Anderson Varejo, this is an interesting thing. He started the year with the Cavaliers. Now he's a warrior. So either way, he's very likely to get a ring should the Cavaliers win. Varejo was a Cav for so long. It's very likely his ex-teammates will say, yeah, give the guy a ring. If that happens, is it morally wrong to accept the ring, Handsome Hank? Absolutely not, no. 
Oh, come on. Claybon, how say you? In most circumstances, it wouldn't be, but Anderson Barajal is one of the worst basketball players in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, even more reason for him to accept it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't be surprised. LeBron might step up and say, like, hey, I know all you other guys weren't here, but I carried this bum and 10 other guys to the finals not that long ago. He gets no ring. He's already made a fortune thanks to me. Next question, the Pittsburgh Penguins are now up 2 to nothing in the Stanley Cup final against yes, the Sharks. The score does not reflect, these two scores does not reflect the dominance of the Pittsburgh Penguins thus far. Saturday night, that gets updated. Game two was won on an overtime goal by Connor Sheary. It was a beaut. This brings me to a question, Claybon. What's the most exciting play in NFL football? The most exciting play in NFL yeah, football. Overtime goals are in hockey are, you know, hard to beat in all of sport. A Hail Mary. I yeah. think you can. An overtime. We saw that we saw it last year. Yeah. Twice. I'd, courtesy I, of Aaron Rodgers. I don't like that because that's a f- you you so you guys are both going Hail Mary. I I I mean I think like at the end of a game to win a game like a playoff game. I'm not even as good as it gets, but a kick return. I love it. I'm a big fan of a kick return. That's why I'm against the NFL. You know, trying to trying to eliminate kick return. I love a. 102-yard kick return. But, but what, what play is more exciting than that moment where there's a gaggle of guys in the end zone standing mm. under the ball? Like, what gets you out of your seat more right. than that? The, the, I just I, – I guess it's because in, of the fluke of it. If it right. works, it's not – uh, a, it's not a great play. It's so, yeah. you know, it's why I go Santonio Holmes in Super Bowl Forty Three over David Tyree with the crazy catch that he made because that was a fluke factor to Tyree. I would go Santonio's so, catches. So you better. have like a, a fluke a, factor, a, a moral dilemma to determine what's more yeah. exciting than something. Well, without context, or even with, you know what, I've never seen a unless I'm mistaken, I've never seen a football game end on a block punt, but that would be pretty good. A block punt that gets scooped up and returned mm-hmm. for a touchdown. But regardless of context, that's my winner. When, really? uh, I love I, – uh, to me, that's the, the, I felt as good sure, as it gets. I felt sure you were going to pick sa- a safety. <laughs> <laughs> People love safety. Safeties are great for more reason than one. I've detailed it in the past. I'm going to detail it for you again. It's the exotic yes. nature yeah. of the of the referee side. I love that. I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm bothered. You want me to be bothered, Claybon? All right. You want me to complain? I'm going to. <laughs> Why did <do> you, <laughs> you ever button. see? You ever see one of them dictionaries? Those things Several. are fat. They have a lot of words in them. They, how couldn't they dip into that thing and come up with uh, an extra word for football that uh, terminology? There are two things called safety. In the same sport, it's unnecessary and confusing if you think about it because, one, a safety. Why is the position of safety? That makes sense because he's the last line of defense. So that's your safety in case all else breaks down. What is so safe, though, about getting hit by a 300-pound man in your own end zone and having him fall on you? That's the opposite of safe. That's dangerous. It's as safe as your own end zone can be as a defender. To have a safety on the other side. It's the you safest know. thing that could happen. You have made your end zone safe by putting the ball down in the other team's end zone. Or it might, mm, that's a it reach. might be I, a throwback. I, no, I reject it. I believe it's a throwback to when the goalposts were in the end zone and they were trying to make the game safer <laughs> by you. Otherwise, who knows? You may run into the goalposts and, and badly injure yourself. Instead, wow. you've, been hit, you've been hit by a 320-pound man. <laughs> it took decades to move those <laughs> things. But. There may be something <laughs> I don't know that if that's theory. true, but it, that's my theory. 
And well, that reminds me also that I love the idea of us doing that, returning to that. I think that would be great. The only thing I don't understand about when the goalposts did used to be at the goal line and kids, they did. They weren't at the back of the end zone. In fact, they were right there on the goal line is what wasn't that the easiest way to score a touchdown? All you had to do was line the center up directly across from the goalpost and then snap it to the quarterback who would just reach over and touch the goalpost. Touchdown. How would the defense ever have stopped that? Well, and also, weren't they weren't they uh, doubles rather than singles? Doubles, yeah. yeah. So there were actually two places that you could essentially pick one of the defensive players. Yeah. And speak up. Right. How many? Yeah, we used to do that at Checker Memorial Stadium. Really? I was the master of that. I lacked foot speed, but I was right. cagey, you know. Yeah. And I would, I, I would Throwing lose defenders. How many people did you injure? <laughs> I ran a lot of people into the bush, and did I feel bad about it? <laughs> no, I did not. That's Start a- the show! Yes, hi and hello, football fans, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, presented, as always, by McDonald's All Day Breakfast. Go get you some. Fill your belly. Dave just ate a McDonald's in front of us. The reason the show started late, if some of you are watching and are like, why why did it not start at the time I was expecting it to, is because <laughs> Dave was just crushing McDonald's in here. I think I have a little extra sauce you in do. my beard there. So what? I don't care. I play under adverse circumstances. So let's get to it, fellas. We have much to get to. As promised, we're going to kill some time with Kyle Long, our ongoing uh, series of interview or conversations with him. Today, we're going to talk about Howie Long v. Jimmy Kimmel. They, uh, they had a little rift way back when because Howie didn't like Jimmy's jokes. And uh, so we'll get into some of that with him, talk about uh, what kind of pops Howie was. And, uh, oh, we have our Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, by the way, I keep hearing about this, Handsome. I don't know if people are hitting you up on Twitter. And do hit us up at Damashek at NFL UK. And our guest today you see him on NFL Network giving you all the news that's breaking in pro football. Patrick Claybon, what's your uh, Twitter thing? At Patrick Claybon. It's at Patrick Claybon. How did you come up with that? It, it took me a long time. Right. but Mine is NFL UK Hank. NFL just do NFL UK, you will get the NFL, NFL UK, UK Hank. Hank. Which, which teaches you three things about Hank. Mm. All, all you get is my name and my Twitter right. name. Yeah, I don't Same. like people who feel like they need to include. They uh, well, my name by myself. I'm not important enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna hide behind the shield. Hey, let's say hello to him now. He's all the way from <laughs> London, England. He's our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It is handsome Hank. He's handsome. He's handsome. He's handsome. Hello, handsome, but before you tell me how you're doing, I want to tell you last week, you missed out. We had some good heat in this uh, Studio 66. Greg Rosenthal, the boss from around the NFL, waged verbal war with Ike Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew debating the greatness of J.J. Watt. No one really questions that he is great, but exactly how great... It, you know, generationally stacked up with everybody else. I encourage you, Nate, demand you dig that one up. But Dave, that you know what? Was... When I'm not here, mm-hmm. I'm always always watching and listening. Is that true? Yes. That's touching. That's really good. Um, I want you to know, though, then you already know this, you missed out on our big logo show because J.J. Mm. Watt got a logo. He got a personal seal. This is a thing that a lot of 21st century athletes are doing. So they went ahead uh, here at NFL Media and made logos for everybody on I the show. I wished I could have got one. Well, you did. 
Turn over your right shoulder there. If you are watching, if you're listening wow. to us on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcast, we appreciate it. If you want to consume the show visually as well, we encourage you, nay, demand you go to YouTube and check that out. And actually also NFL.com slash podcast. You can find it. There it is, handsome. What do you think? H2, H2. over the, uh, what do you call that? We floor? call it the Union Jack. Would the you like Union to know Jack, something right. interesting about the Union Jack? Yes. Always. Is that it's an amalgam of the three flags that make up the United Kingdom. Oh. Uh, so the British flag is a red cross on a white background. Yeah, that's you can see right. that in the middle. Yeah. The Scottish flag is a blue diagonal kind of thing. And then the Welsh flag is also represented, I think, by the red, the red stripes within there too. I like that. I, I like That's that explanation. I, what I don't like is what's a bridge too far is when you tried to colonize the big blue marble that when that like Australia has, has to have that that right. plus mo- now it's getting to be too much flag for me. Well, then you as, know as though like, it was Hank's decision. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry about that. Pass that back to uh, to your I would say there. probably 15 years from now they'll replace the stars in the in the uh, American flag with a Union Jack as well. Uh, Once we've finished I, our work here. What do you know? He's on the inside. <laughs> have, you, have you let something slip now that you weren't supposed to? Yes. There, you guys are still cross we're about still, what happened. Still, uh, we're, that's why I'm here. I would buy Hank's mixtape just looking at that, that graph. I, would you? Uh, yeah. That would do it. I don't even know the songs. Or, <laughs> I it's, dropping, it's dropping next week. But see, having seen that picture, I will buy it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump. Oh, one thing I wrote down for myself. I was uh, traveling. That's why we only did one show last week. Shout out to my main man Max. He is uh, he's uh, a great fella, and he asked me for a shout out. So there, there you it go, is. Max. It's a shout out to you. I'm a big fan of your work. In fact, he hosts a talk show of his own called Taking It to the Max, uh-huh. and I was the first guest ever on it. Wow. So uh, we got to do episode That's number two. That's quite an honor for you. Well, it's all, there's only been one episode so far, so it's even better. Right. And, in fact, he's already promised that I get to be the, the guest on episode number two, so I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, let's get into, uh, into the show proper here. And, I, you know, uh, speaking of my travels, I, you know, this is a cynical world. I talk about it all the time. Everybody, whether it's LeBron now, LeBron better win or else he's the most overrated player ever. Everybody has to lead with cynicism. OKC choked. No, Golden State did something sublime. It's two greatest stars, Rose, with all the heat on them, and they won. Yeah, OKC all didn't play its very best. It's two stars. But in, in the name of not always having to lead with cynicism, I want to point this out. I traveled from L.A. to Philly and then back again, and it reminded me of this. In the last five or ten years, airport food, the quality of it has gone through the roof exponentially, Mm -hmm. right? Isn't airport food suddenly really good? Uh, Most of the time, yeah. And, and I, I feel like it, it used to be more expensive. I don't know if that's just because I yeah. it now. Yeah. But, but it seems like I used to pay like $12 for a sandwich. That mm-hmm. same sandwich is now $8 and, and much better. You, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. But what's true, every every airport seems to have a local popular restaurant. Right. And it's pretty good. Anyway, so inspired by that experience, let's start something new here. Check half full. You know what? Okay. I say a lot of things that are check half, that are glass half empty. Let's go glass half full. Patrick Claiborne, I start with you. No, I start with you, handsome Hank, because I have one. Uh, you started with the right person. I try to live my life half full. I do you? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's me. 
I I'm all the way full after okay. I had that. Uh, yeah, you the, should the be after McDonald's your delicious breakfast. all day breakfast. Now listen, over. say something nice, handsome Hank. I, it's got to be something that's hard to say mm. something nice about. In fact, Adam Carolla does this and has for about a decade now. I want you to say something nice about Joe Philbin, the former head coach of your beloved Miami Dolphins. Hmm. <laughs> Joe Philbin, Dave, I've I've uh, visited the Miami Dolphins, their their location in in Davie, South Florida, a couple mm-hmm. times. I went there once during the Cam Cameron era. Uh, short-lived and uh, and not terribly successful. They did win one game that season. And then once during the Tony Sperano era. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go there during the Philbin era. I want to be clear about that. But I did watch Hard Knocks, which, if you remember, was his rookie season, his debut season as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And one of the things that was picked up on during that time was that Philbin was meticulous about making sure that the field was not littered with chewing gum and trash. And I had noticed... That's through, right, he would during, go through. And- <laughs> right, during the Cameron and Sperano era, I noticed there was a lot of that type of thing going around. And frankly, I don't like to see people spat out gum on ah. the floor. So although I didn't witness it myself, I believe that what Philbin contributed in, in the way of like keeping that place tidy was a, a huge... Uh, step for the Miami Dolphins. That is very nice. Yes. Dave. That's that's very a nice glass thing. half full way of looking right. at Joe Philbin's tenure down there in South Beach. Patrick Claybon, more generic, but say something nice about Mark Sanchez as the starting quarterback. Mark Sanchez is experienced. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He's very experienced. Yeah, but we experienced uh, He's been that too. The AFC Championship. I'm 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 all about being positive right now. Uh-huh. Mark Sanchez, he has faced adversity. He has uh, answered questions, and he is is a quarterback that has played football games previously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Dave. You know what? I think you picked, ex- you picked exactly the two right people to do this, and I I would say that you would struggle to find any topic we could be negative about. Wow, uh, that's a. I feel like uh, that's a challenge. I do not feel the same way as that. <laughs> Who would be the worst at this game that we know? Uh, what? Staying positive. Nick Saban. Nick Saban would be bad at this no, I game. Think, I think I think a lot of coaches have a lot of that training to be able to pull something positive out. I mean, that's what they have to yeah. do with some bad Coach players, Saban right? does it after every single game where they right. play, you know, an opponent that doesn't quite measure up. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. They were a great team. They gave us a really <laughs> stern test on special teams. As our pal Matt Money-Smith often points out, it is very strange that a guy from uh, where Nick Saban hails from suddenly now has a uh, huge Southern draw. Hey, from West our Virginia. program from West Virginia. Our program, <laughs> All right, which is close to Pittsburgh. You know, nobody, nobody from that region, I can assure you, uh, talks about program. Hey, this uh, this program is uh, really on the rise. Your, your southern accent, Dave, is, is awful. Doesn't sound a lot like Nick Saban. It's not so bad. <laughs> do you do a southern accent, I handsome? Do a very good one. Like I'd like to. My hear. southern accent is real smooth. <laughs> All right, in your southern accent or in your uh, in your British uh, accent, either way, tell me about Nick Foles, who's now holding out. And I mean, this makes sense, but he is one of those guys out there. And we did touch on it in the um, in the episode earlier this week that for all the talk about the QBs and so this is everybody talks about this. It is a 12-month discussion now rolling about who's elite and otherwise. But isn't it sort of funny that we've now reached properly summertime, and I don't care what anybody says, Memorial Day starts summertime. Um, isn't it weird that there's so many unsettled situations there 
Which is the murkiest now that we talked about Fitzpatrick and that mess? I that thing seems That's, like the wheels are coming off now. I would say that the 49ers is is a little murky as Who's well. Who's going to start there? I think Gabbert will in the end, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see Foles if if I think the Rams are probably in a decent situation because you know it's a weird one that Jeff he said to Jeff Fisher. I don't know how comfortable I am being here as the as a backup. And Jeff Fisher went, yeah, I agree. Just don't come. <laughs> that doesn't exactly speak volumes about whether he has a future there. I wouldn't be surprised if Chip Kelly says, look, I don't know whether Blaine, I want Blaine Gabbert. I'd at least have, like to have some competition for Blaine Gabbert. Maybe they don't believe that Colin Kaepernick is going to be there um, past training camp. Maybe, maybe Falls either gets cut or they – Throw a seventh-round pick at the at the Rams, and he goes there. Well, clearly, Goff is going to be the starter. Yes, anyway. yes, sure. Playbook. Uh, no, is there any? Is there absolutely. a team you can think of that Nick Foles is a better option than any other current? I, I don't think so. No. As as Hank mentioned, you know, Jeff Fisher. We we're listening to him yesterday, and he says that. Well, yeah, I talked to Nick, and he says that he doesn't feel like if things stay the same, that he'll be here. And then he says that we're on the same page. <laughs> and so it's like, wait, are you saying that? Yeah, it's not going to be here. You're not going to be here. Right. So, so they're, they're, just the holding, Rams... they're just holding out hope that either someone gets injured during training camp and, and suddenly becomes a more valuable commodity than he is, or a team like the Niners or the Jets decide we need some additional competition for the lackluster guys we've got here. Let's bring them in. But both Blaine Gabbard and Colin Kaepernick are probably going to start over. Double the games right. that Nick Foles does. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I agree. So, Foles, yes. I don't think. Although, the one place I, I would point to, or two, Denver, if you don't think Paxton Lynch, is, if you think he's it's going to put a dent in his psyche to, to stink for the first month or two or he's maybe got, the whole season. Mark Sanchez is going to start there. All right, that's fine. But uh, but I, I don't necessarily assume that Mark Sanchez is better than Nick Foles, is my point. He, he is a quarterback. And they're both. They're he is both. experienced. He has played games. Uh, for what it's worth, Nick uh, Mark Sanchez never had a statistical season like Nick Foles did. Right. I disagree with you. Uh, I do think Colin Kaepernick will end up winning that gig. No. I mean, he's just so tantalizingly talented that when you put him side by side, it feels like a disservice to the team to say, well, yeah, let's roll with the slightly less talented guy. But I uh, mean, he, you're right. He puts a lot of zip on every single pass. Yeah, that's <laughs> Um What about the thing, the, the brewing situation aside from Fitzpatrick and the Jets and uh, what looks like a looming divorce there, um, or if, if it hasn't already kind of happened, is in Philadelphia. I thought we were past the melodrama with Sam Bradford because all the Peterson got up there. He's our guy. And then that's undermined in the last seven days by the announcement. Hey, early on, Carson Wentz, a little, little ahead of Sam Bradford uh, in the here. And by the now. way, you're, st- you're paying your third-string quarterback more than some starters in the NFL are getting as well. I know. No one talks about him either. It's a, it, I feel bad for him. But who is going to be the starter week one, Handsome Hank? Uh, I think it'll be Sam Bradford. You do? Sam Bradford. It's Sam Bradford. I don't he's going to start. So. Head coach says he's going to start. He's the best option, probably. He's not hurt. And so Sam Bradford is the This <laughs> is very much like what happened in Seattle, if you think about it. Three, or what was that now? Five years ago? Was it that long ago? Five years ago mm-hmm. when they drafted Russell Wilson. And they, are, they had Matt Flynn, and they liked Tavares Jackson, and they had, well, Tavares can go for us. We're ready with him. It's sort of, yeah, he knows the system. So he equals Chase Daniel. 
Sam Bradford equals Matt Flynn. Well, we just spent millions of dollars on this guy. Obviously, he's our starter. And then the rookie, like, yeah, he's going to take some time. We, we really believe in this guy, but he's going to take some time. Lo and behold, Russell Wilson starts in week one. That's what's going to happen but I, in Philly. But this is going to be bad because unlike Matt Flynn, who everybody kind of kind of laughed at anyway, getting all those millions, Sam Bradford's going to bellyache, isn't he? Yeah, but I think that I feel like uh, the comments were more uh, directed at Bradford for what had happened before and him not being around than it is actually Carson. Carson Wentz is ahead because Carson Wentz has been there. All right. Well, we'll, well see what happens and, there. And who, and who made those comments? Who, who was actually the one that said that Sam Bradford was, was true? I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> look it up behind the glass. Who Wait, said that out of Philadelphia? We don't need to look it up. Patrick Claiborne knows, knows everything about NFL news. Well, he is I'm, NFL I'm not news. trying to call Am him Am I throwing out, scurrilous rumors around No, it's, it's not a scurrilous no. rumor. There was an NJ.com article where a guy watching practice said, hey, Carson Wentz looks pretty good. Oh, is that what it was? It <laughs> wasn't I don't think it's any more than that. It's not like Doug Peterson's come out and said, nope, this is it. All right. Well, we'll see. He passed the I, eyeball test. Hear me now. You don't, you know, in I, I, again, I will say this. And this was my belly aching as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Try I mentioned keep it that half I like full, Dave. Do I, well, no, we, we moved on from okay. that. We, we, we back keep to that. normal. We it's a nice it finite two-minute <laughs> segment. Can we give we you one back. at some point during the show just as a surprise? Can we make you say something? Go nice ahead. Say something nice about Sam Bradford. <laughs> he won the in this In this situation. Oh. Well, see, you didn't clarify. I was well, about I just to say did. he won a Heisman I just Trophy. Did. I just did cool. clarify. <laughs> say something nice about Sam Bradford. Um, the Eagles, because other teams also have weird and bad quarterback situations, if they strike while the iron's hot, when that is, I'm not sure, because right now Sam Bradford's <laughs> a guy who belly aches if he is an anointed starter. Well, he just failed. But, but in August, if Sam Bradford, after week one in preseason, if he comes out and looks good for a couple of series, then you say, hey, Broncos, hey, Browns, hey, Jets, you need a QB because this guy's all right. That's what he is. He's good enough to do that in you preseason. Can't, you can't have a caveat in your, you, so in your button. <laughs> the nice thing you could say about Sam Bradford is that he might get traded to another team. Because no, he, he, has, he probably has value. He, he has value. You're not very good at this, Dave. Yeah. You need to take more lessons. That's, that's why I'm doing this. Because you know what? This show is all about Learning. infotainment and a game called life. And am I a master of that game called life? I mean, a lot of people would say yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's I mean, but you know what? There's still room for improvement, right. and that's what I'm striving for. Hey, all right, now let's make our NBA Finals picks here. And before we jump into that, I notice a lot of people, first of all, like we did earlier in the week, talking about legacy and what it means to LeBrons and what it means to Stephs. I don't roll your eyes because I don't know if you're rolling your eyes at me for doing that, but the conversation. Right. The, the, there is a large segment, uh, again, cynical, of, of, of like people just who are above talking legacies and, oh, who cares? That's a media creation and players don't care. First of all, I do think players care about that. I mean, I mean listen, they're, they have tremendous egos. They just want to control what the narrative is. That doesn't mean they don't care about it. They just don't like when people, when people shoot holes in said legacy. If you don't care about the legacy and narrative, then just sit around and do math because that's what you've reduced sports to now is a math equation. It's a, that, that is 
the, how you how it fits into history and how it stacks up with other teams and other individuals and that is what being a sports fan is. But, what do you what, 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 if uh, otherwise? Look, uh, he threw the most. Uh, he did this, and this is his percentage. And he uh, that, that's you've just reduced you boiled it down uh, to nonsense. No, the, the nonsense is well. Hey, LeBron's going to try harder because his legacy is hanging in the balance. That's stupid. Man. I didn't say that. But people do say it. It's like oh. LeBron doesn't want Steph to take his throne as the face of the NBA. Like, no, hey, I got he wants news to win for a championship. WWE, there is an entire billion-dollar operation that exists by parodying, essentially, what sports right. are. That's, that's what it, that is. It's soap opera. It, it serializes sports. That's but, what it is. But it's taken hold, and people expect, like, a team to be in a situation and start shaking their fist in the crowd chanting, and then they summon this power. It's like, my legacy is in question. And they shoot laser beams. From I don't know what you want me to down. tell you, but if you think Peyton Manning doesn't care – that he won a second Super Bowl he because wanted, of what it does for his But it's not the number legacy. one thing in their <laughs> mind. The number one thing is, like, I need to win this game because I'm being paid. That's what I have to do. That's, I'm an Hey, the guys in the WWE, do. their priority is how much money they make, one, and two, they're how jacked athletes. up on roids they can they're get. They're athletes. I'm just entertainers. Ta- I'm so, I, my point is, it's I don't care what their, prior, what their priorities are. We sports fans care about that. That is our role in the conversation is to cheer and to boo and to put it into context in the history of the game and in the history of all games. If you take that away, like I say, then just leave it to all the stats heads. Just but, leave it to the people to do, the, well, the advanced metrics say, like, no, that's not nearly as entertaining. There's, there's room for legacy in the conversation, but LeBron has been playing for his legacy now, like every playoff series for the past eight years, and it gets to be tiring. Like how, when, when are we going to stop talking about it? I want to say one more thing about this. And by the way, Emma VP behind the glass, if you have something to say to me, say it on the microphone or don't say it at all. Check, if I'm you- sorry. Our Twitter's just blowing up from the show earlier about the top wide receivers, and we had to get to it, you know? We'll get to it, okay. sister. <laughs> cool your jets a second. I have something to say. Again. Again. Okay. Come on, player. What's that? What's up with that? Yeah, see, I tell it was me telling Dion something a couple of years ago. I pointed this out. Recency bias is a real thing, but also our our need to romanticize the past blurs reality. And for everybody, just let me say this again: LeBron James, people who marginalize it, well, he's the East is terrible, so who cares that he's gotten to six straight finals? Go ahead and look up the Showtime Lakers with Magic. Between 1980 and 1987, look at how many bum teams. And you point out to me, circle all the great teams they had to get through in the West in the 80s to get to the finals to play the Celtics every year. It is, it is, a, it is underwhelming, to say the least. So if you want to knock LeBron for six straight finals because the competition wasn't that great, well, then you have to do the same with Magic, Worthy, Kareem, and the rest of those guys. All right, all that said, Claybon, go ahead. <laughs> Dave, uh, Patrick and I said that we would undo one button for each seven-minute monologue you made during the show. So I'm going to undo in, in right, because, because make, I'm a man of my word. Make all your fun of me. Because I'm a man of my word, I've undone another button. I don't want to have to go too much further, though. All right. That's uh, Cavs and six, Dave. Cavs in Cavs six. In and my Warriors in seven uh, pick was, was questioned uh, by, by a lot of people. In, in, you know, in He's got history is what yeah. he's saying. Because that the, was a, that the, was a, he was bragging. The two people that, that care about things that I say, me and my mother, um, <laughs> she kind of wondered about my Warriors in seven prediction. But 
it's uh, Cavs and six. The two people who care about what I say, me and my mother, Mo Damashek, were very impressed when the Thunder went up 3-1 because, of course, my preseason pick was Cavs over OKC in October. Back, I, I made that prediction. It didn't come true. Handsome, what's your pick? Dave, I'm going to drop some basketball knowledge on you. A little bit like uh, Black Tie uh, dropping three-pointers on Instagram, by the way, if you don't follow him. <laughs> Definitely follow Black Tie on Instagram if you want to watch a Wait, man, Black Tie, a man Black Tie alone posts in videos of himself shooting baskets. Yes, alone in a gym oh. shooting baskets. It's, it's fascinating. Um, We're sad. Did you know that LeBron's been in six consecutive NBA finals? He did it. <laughs> Dropping. Did you know that? Knowledge. <laughs> That's what I just monologued. Did you say was that? that you were busy thing? unbuttoning was your that, shirt. Was that what that whole thing was? Is that was really what you do? Is that really you just slapped me in the face like that? Was that what you? You don't even hear a word I say. It took for so long. We, we, I didn't. We hear every one of them, actually. We hear a lot of them, but uh, I just can't. Sometimes I can't pause them in my brain. I, it's enough. Why that frustrates me is that I only have four <laughs> talking points. Right. I mean, I have the same four <laughs> jokes and stories that I tell over and over again, and you don't even hear one of them. I do. I've heard them all. <laughs> Believe me, Dave. I've heard them all. What a crap. Uh, I think that uh, LeBron will win this time. Ah, you know what? I'm going to stay with the Cavs. Well. I picked them in the preseason. I hope he wins. Enough. You know what? A story that I'm sick of hearing about is just as I'm tired of, oh, Boston, this red – just let the Red Sox win, so I can stop hearing from their uh, their wonderful fans all the time about how 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 great uh, quality of fans they are to stand by their teams. Same here. Let's get done with the Cavs and stop with this Cleveland nonsense. Behind the glass, there, Emma VP. Who you got? Warriors. In. Seven. Black tie. Black tie. What do you got? He's throwing his hands up. He's going five. He's got his own podcast. Golden State can, You five. can find make it on it, the Make It, Take It, take it podcast. Go listen available to that. on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com slash Make It, Take It. And someday soon, I'm sure, and someday in the distant future, we will rank Steph Curry and LeBron James and see where they stack up with Michael Jordan and everybody else. Right now, though, what we talked about on the show earlier in the week, and I want to pay off, is um, who is the second greatest wide receiver of the Super Bowl era, Re- Jerry Rice is number one. I concluded probably that it's Randy Moss, but I, at worst is T.O., and he, he's not in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is ludicrous. That's a joke. Yeah. In fact, Patrick Claibon, right after that vote, however long ago that was, you were on the show, if memory serves, because I remember connecting with you on how outrageous that was. That's, so, that's all formed. Yeah, how outrageous that that, uh, well, he, that he was a cancer, except that he took the Eagles to a Super Bowl and the 49ers were always good and Dallas was always good. With him, but he was a cancer that, that, that had yeah. to be purged. Because everybody in every workplace has to love everybody that they work. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you should hear what Handsome has to say about black tie behind clothes. No, no, you didn't I even actually, do it behind clothes. I just doors. said it. <laughs> we got some feedback from everybody else here. Here's a tweet from Chris Kerr. He says, Moss had 90 touchdowns in seven years with the Vikes, 47 touchdowns and three with New England. Second best ever. Is that right, Patrick Claibon? It is. And you look at the way that they affect the game. Uh, you can you can play T.O. in a certain way and, and tackle properly and, and if he, if he gets the ball in, in those situations, there's things you can do. The things Randy Moss could do, right. there there really wasn't a counter for it. You had to account for him. 
And uh, I think that's why if, if you're picking teams, he, he goes number two. That's so, I mean, when you when you hear guys when you hear corners, you hear Ike talk about what it is to play a corner in the NFL. It's the toughest position, maybe in all the sports. You're on an island against someone. I can't imagine how terrifying it would be to be lined up against Randy Moss. And no, no, I could be at the top of my game. And I'm still going to get beaten by this guy. It is. Was it you who raised that last week that uh, or earlier this week that maybe Randy Moss is more dominant at his heights than Jerry Rice at his? I might have said. I mean, who knows? I don't keep track of what they say. It's an argument to be. (laughs) I feel now. I feel better about you not listening to me if you don't even listen to yourself. So it's an argument to be made. I think. I mean, of course, it sounds sounds good. So I'm going to take it. Well, you know, Daniel Jeremiah does that on Move the Sticks, and Bucky Brooks weighed in on uh, on this with us uh, the other day too. Um, and they like to do who, what, who, who would you want for one play, one game, one season? For one play at minimum, Randy Moss over Jerry Rice, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's preposterous to say, and it's almost sacrilege, but that that's what I see. Maybe even for one series, I would take uh, Randy Moss because if you're looking, series at might only run, be one play anyway. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, the second play, Randy may take off, yeah. but but you're going to get Jerry. People forget um, to the, and it does distract you because To's histrionics off the field, and maybe the same is true for Randy Moss. It has obscured Randy Moss in his rookie season. You were over in the UK, handsome. I were was. you? I mean, oh yeah, I'm totally aware of. It was every week. Yeah. It was just. They would just throw jump balls, and he would go up and get them every week in double or even triple coverage. And it was every week he would do it. It would seem once to three times, no matter who they were playing. And that team as well, the Vikings, you know, they'd gone through a long period of not being particularly exciting for any reason. Like, they didn't. They were a team that hadn't really had a, a huge super. I think Robert Smith had been around for a while, but they hadn't had, like, a huge superstar. And suddenly the Vikings went from being a team that you're a bit like, yeah, whatever. But they're suddenly like, I want to watch that team. I want to watch them play. Yeah, that was something seeing, yeah, Dante Culpepper, that 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 super thick trunk that he had, and just heaving those those, those 75-yard bombs and at the other end, 84 going up and getting it. And you're right about Robert Smith, too. History has, has forgotten, forgotten him. Forgotten him. He's a good player. A little bit too much. He was he was he cut a distinctive figure for a running yeah. back, too. He was super wiry for an NFL runner. Emma VP, read the next one for us, would the you? The next one has a good point. He says that by talent, Moss, by numbers, T.O. Yes, and uh, I discussed T.O. and the fact that he belongs, and that's Rolo Pickens who sends us uh, who sends us that one. Emma VP edited a little thing that's playing on Thursday's Total access. She really wanted it to. Big time, Emma. She really wanted it to be shown, not just on NFL Network, but here on the DDFP. Let the baby have her bottle. Go ahead and show (laughs) Terrell Owens and why he should already be in the Hall of Fame and he better get in the next possible chance the voters get. Hi and hello, football fans. Dave Damashek here. Let's talk voting. No, not presidential stuff. I'm talking about the Hall of Fame. Terrell Owens is a Hall of Famer whether the Hall of Fame voters say he is or not. Matter of fact, T.O. is in the conversation for best wide receiver of the Super Bowl era. That's right, I said it. And before you call me crazy, I'd love to hear your top five. Except I can't. We're not on Skype. And sure, the popcorn and the pen in the sock, and that's my quarterback, were odd, but they shouldn't obscure the need to give T.O. a gold jacket. In fact, if voters were so bothered by the shirtless sit-ups, you'd think they'd want to cover him up. 
Jerry Rice is definitely the number one wideout ever. And if you don't think so, go sit in the corner till you do. The real question, though, is who's the second best? Surely the last half century has yielded a gaggle of high-end possibilities, right? Well, wrong. Come on down for Mount Pius, Hall of Fame voters, and consider the options. There really aren't that many contenders. Calvin Johnson sure looked like he had a chance to be the best, but how many times was he actually the best in any given season? Rhetorical question. One. The answer is one. 2012. Okay, maybe 2011, but still. And maybe you're thinking, but Dave, I can make an argument for Marvin Harrison. Well, sure, you can make an argument for anything. The trick is making a meaningful argument. Also, why do you talk in that weird voice? It's unbecoming. By the way, Harrison also played more than half his games in a climate-controlled dome. Do it in the muck and or mire, and then we'll talk. And there's Steve Largent, Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Carter, Michael Irvin. Okay, but even adjusted for generational differences, the numbers just aren't on their side. Of the current NFLers, a verifiable golden age for pass catchers, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and Odell Beckham are stating their cases, but for now, they get a collective TBD. And then there's Randy Moss, who's at worst three on my list. But you know, T.O. is second all-time in yards, sixth in receptions, and third in receiving touchdowns, exactly one behind the aforementioned Moss. Well, I don't think there's any call for that, Randy. Point is, T.O.'s not a Hall of Famer right now because voters think he was childish. So in other words, they're being childish. Ironic, huh? Either way, the next chance you voters get, you need to write his name down. Look, he already showed you how. Good work there, Emma VP. Yeah, Very you. nice. Well and what do you think about uh, that assertion? Is that the, I have it right, Moss, then T.O.? I think the only thing that keeps T.O. out of the Hall of Fame next year is if he decides to play again, and I know that's a possibility. <laughs> Don't indulge that topic. Con- conceivably, they could keep him out again. The same childish reasons that they used this year, they could they could use next year. It's absurd. Am, are we forgetting anybody else there? Did I mention anybody no, that got, we need you, to got bump pretty in much, I think between, uh, between what we talked about on Tuesday and that list, I think we got pretty much everyone. Hialeah Gringo. I'll read it there, Emma. Let me ask you a quick question about it, though. If if you had to pick one right now, because I love you, I know you love speculation. If you had to pick one of the current guys who you think will wind up as two or three, who who does your what's your heart tell you? Not your heart, because I know your heart tells you Antonio Brown. But what does what's your hunch? Well, I Julio Jones is deep enough, and so is Des Bryant into their respective careers that I don't know. I mean, maybe if Des has a special January run, right. that he could be a part of that conversation. He really is the physically most unstoppable guy. Right. You know, he you, you can do whatever you want, and he's still going to be able to go up and get it. And let's keep in mind that he has suffered for the majority of his career, uh, aside from two years ago with DeMarco Murray's breakout. He real, I mean, Jason Witten's a nice uh, safety valve, but there isn't another guy. I mean, Terrence Williams has very quietly been sort of a flame out on those Cowboys, in my opinion. If they would ever give him another option on the other side, uh, he, he might really, really blow up. I'll go – I mean, it boils down to Odell Beckham. Right. And that's a little gray because Odell Beckham's going to be playing for quite a while after Eli goes. That's the big question. Antonio Brown's pretty far into his career at this point, too. What is he, five, six years six into his years career? Be if he has one more year, if he puts up, like, let's say, 110 
in receptions and, you know, 1,810 touchdowns this year, which is doable. His four-year run stacks up with anybody in history or maybe even transcends it. He, I mean, that uh, he's the guy. I know he doesn't cut the figure that those other guys do. Every other guy, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson's a monster. Jerry Rice, I guess, was, wasn't a big guy, but T.O. And, and, and Randy Mott. Like, I know Antonio Brown is underwhelming to look at, but the numbers uh, are, are beyond argument, I feel. Can I add one name to you the can. list? Actually, now that you think about it, Steve Smith. Ah, well, I don't think he's a no. I don't think he's a number two or three. Definite Hall of Famer. But he's though. definitely a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and he's definitely he should be in that conversation alongside a lot of those. Others. You're right. Put him at number nine on the on our list there. Yeah. For uh, speaking of number two for the second show in a row, Dave, I've I've got to uh, make a run to the news. Center. No, I, I, I'm sorry. To do what? To, we, we have to update the news, Dave. It's Dave, he constant. is the news. The news no, in the NFL doesn't happen I'm without Patrick Claiborne. That's got to be a new game we play is how long will it take before Patrick Claiborne has to leave? You don't want to – Maybe maybe you should have taken no, less I'm time looking with at the, I'm looking at the rest of the DDFP rundown, and I'm I'm angry at this situation. But How many minutes do you have? He's checking his cell phone, listeners. <laughs> three. Three minutes. <laughs> We're not going to get through all that in three minutes. Now, what we could do is hope that Patrick makes it back for the big Game of Thrones fantasy I will try. preview slash can we, preview. Can we, can we try to do Let's that? You do know that. what? Are you guys there's much else to do here, but call it a day. Thank you, Don Draper. Go ahead, Claybon. What do you want to do behind the glass now? You want to kill a little bit of time, not just until the season starts, but uh, until Dave, Patrick Do you have Claybon a 12-minute monologue in you? Well, I do. You know, I always have uh, <laughs> several of those ready to go if we, if we absolutely positively need them. Or... Can we do the game show right now? Our little head-to-head. Oh, there it is. I guess there's our answer. And here we go again. Surprise game show for the guys here. Our today's topic. So, you know, this weekend, a lot of stuff going on in the Bay Area. We've got the finals. We've got the Stanley Cup finals. Some soccer being played. Some guy named Trump speaking. But just staying in that Bay Area, there's been 36 pro Hall of Famers that have played for either the Raiders or the Niners in the Super Bowl era. Ooh. Now, this does not include the 36. owners or coaches. So there's quite a few mm. here. 36. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? That seems like an awful lot for two teams. Shout out. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Golden State is a great name for – or is a great uh, – what do you call that? Region or name of uh, – It's a great – yeah. It's locale a name. name yeah. Not the nickname, yep. but Golden State. I like New England. Quite a bit. I think that's a because it includes the whole region. I yeah, think. I get it. I, I think it, that's kind of neat. They didn't try to go with the Angels, the whole Los Angeles Angels <clears> of <throat> Anaheim. I thought the Rams should have gone with uh, California Rams. I thought that would have been – or no. Actually, no. L.A. Rams is right, but if the Chargers move to L.A., they should be the California Chargers and include all of uh, the state. All right, I bought us both a little bit of time. Thanks, Handsome, Dave. you may go first. Uh, I'll take Joe Montana. Let's just get him off the All list. right, I'll go Steve Young. Uh, okay, thank you. I'm going to go Jerry Rice. Here. I'll go Charles Haley. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Ray Guy. Nice. I'll go Ronnie Lott. Uh, I'm going to go Mike Haynes. <laughs> well, he's the subject of uh, our killing time in just a couple of minutes. Howie Long. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go... Um, by the way, I'm completely out now. I know, me too. <laughs> How good this be? Uh, oh, I got a couple. Okay. I'm going to go Tim Brown. Nice. Gene Upshaw. 
Uh, I'm going to go Marcus Allen. Very good. It's a strong one. Buying time now. I'm trying to think about it. They only have to have played there, right? They only have one Correct. season is enough. Yep. Rod Woodson. Jim Otto. You just took my answer there. I didn't take your answer. I wrote it down. It's my answer. Is this guy in the Hall of Fame? I shouldn't need to dip already into this one. <sighs> ah, I have a couple ones that I'm on the fence on now that they're stuck in my head. I, I feel obliged to throw them out here. I'm going to go Fred Dean. Oh, Art Shell. Good. I'm also not positive about this guy, but I'm pretty sure Ted Hendricks is yep. in the Hall of Fame. He is. He was my next one. Um, oh, I Black Tie just Black Tie just said into my ear, "Get the energy up." I'm thinking, Black I'm Tie. Thinking this you is going to be high energy and think, Black Tie. Your energy. It's up. never thought. So How about you no try way. to put yeah. a little, uh, what, fill up your glass a little bit to halfway? Okay, this guy, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name. He played for the Bears as a defensive end and then went and played for the 49ers. One of the Bears Super Bowl 20 winners. Oh, I know who that is. Well, Not can only you tell that. Me? that <laughs> Not only that, he won the MVP in Super Bowl. I know Bowl he did. 20. Richard Dent. Jerk. I was ready to take that one from you. Um,. Boy, oh boy, those Niners teams, shouldn't they be jumping into my head here? See, Roger Craig should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Yeah, he definitely should be. You're right about him. He should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Just throw that one out there to confuse you. Um, uh, Johnson. John Henry. Correct. What do you mean, no? Yes! No, no, Craig's no. first ever loss. Wait a second. He invented. Who went first? So, the, our uh, official judge, Ken Brown. Who went first? That was pre-Super Bowl. So this is Super oh, Bowl. that stinks. I didn't even hear about Super Bowl crap. That You're going to take that victory? You feel good about that? Yeah, I do. I went deep into the annals. Dave, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you need to be a good loser. Boo! Dave Casper. Should have said it earlier. That's Dave. I want them. I want my ding. You can have a ding. You don't get a win. Wait a second. We also forgot Snake Stabler. <laughs> That's well. That was that was the, that should have been the next one. Boo! Who else? There seems like there must be a lot we missed. There's right? some obvious ones we missed. It's gonna All be right, embarrassing. So just running There's down. Another the list Niners here. running back. Let's see, running down the list here, we nah, got Larry Kendall Allen, Tyler. Fred Bolitnikoff. Larry Allen? Oh, yeah, Bolitnikoff, of course. George Blanda. Blanda. Yeah, okay. Should have got Blanda. We got Eric Dickerson. Played yep. for the Dickerson Raiders one season. played for the Raiders, didn't he? Chris Dolman. Okay. Kevin Green got a season with the Niners. Yep. Got that. Bob Hayes. Mm-hmm. Ricky Jackson. Bob Hayes Bob played Hayes. with. With whom? Which one of the two? Bob Hayes was with the Niners in 75. Huh. Then we got Ricky Jackson. Okay. Jimmy good. Johnson. James Lofton came in with the Raiders. Yep. Oh, yeah. Ron Mix, big tackle, 71 sure. team. Primetime, 
Forgot Dion. Oh, of course. Ah, oh, that's embarrassing. No that one tell Dion. I'm bummed that we that Claybon missed this. See, we should have done hey, with Patrick, the Kyle Long. While you were away, I just won a surprise game show against Dave. Ah, he's I being a sore loser it. about it. As well. I dispute, you dispute the, it. How do you dispute it? The, because the I rules are very clear. Turn the Claybon's microphone back on, please. I. How do you do? There's nothing to dispute. We went back and forth. You ran out of names before I ran out of names. That's a that's a W. Yeah. It's do not. we have another one we could do? Hank makes a compelling argument. Uh, that's it. Hank's champion. No, today. I'm a cha- I'm a champion <laughs> well, for today. Don't just say say well done. Say after the words well done, Hank. I didn't see that coming, and let's move on. I didn't see it coming. That's for sure. I know you didn't. That's you know what else? Argument. Another one of my senses wasn't working. I didn't hear the little caveat. It had to. Why did it have to be Super Bowl there? We're talking Hall of Fame. Now we have to. We have to boil it down. You you did, to, it's not like you had another name out there. You you had you had filibusted for three minutes. I said John Henry Johnson. What are you talking about? Well, but it wasn't right. And that was the end, and that's where it ended. It's not. But like it you had was. another name in your in in the head. I'm outraged by this. This one, this one is under protest. Hear me now, believe me later. Game of Thrones talk coming up, but right now, like pro- as we promised, Howie Long, the aforementioned one, is going to be discussed again now, and we get into his what Kimmel thought. I can tell you this about what uh, about what we uh, what I talked to uh, the great uh, Bears lineman today about is um, Kimmel, you'll recall, maybe, on the old Fox pregame show used to do game picks. He would do a little three or four minute segment. I was in one or two of those. I think it, uh, I, I know I was in one. I don't remember if I was in a second one. I wrote one or two of them. Um, and they were they were well received. And of course, launched Frank Caliendo and uh, who do, Rob Riggle does them now. And uh, Howie Long did not like them because Jimmy would make fun of Howie Long in those. Terry Bradshaw would laugh about it. And ter- and uh, who else? I th- I'm trying to think of who else thought they were okay. Howie apparently did not like them to the extent that he let Fox know, he you know, I don't want this Kimmel in the same room with him. There were some threats of violence insinuated <laughs> at least. And around all this, Kimmel then gets Jimmy Kimmel live and so he's leaving, and he has one last uh, game pick. It was the Patriots versus the Rams, and so he stuck his neck out. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving forever anyway. I'll take the Patriots, and so, <laughs> so so he gets that one right. But amidst all that in that week in, in New Orleans, it was sort of legitimately like, we better not run into Howie Long while we're <laughs> down here because, <laughs> he, you know, I might get murdered. Right. Anyway, I don't know if that was overstated, so I asked Kyle Long about that on this edition of Killing Time Until the Season Starts. In your house, was Howie Long a super cool guy? I mean, I, I mean, in, in figure, it, I don't mean was he cool to It didn't you? occur to me, yeah, like, I mean, my dad was the coolest guy in the world, but it didn't even occur to me that he was like a football legend. I just always knew him as uh, an analyst. Um, I'd see him on Sunday. Uh, on TV, me and my friends would be like, oh, your dad's on TV. I'd be like, ah, that's nothing. But my dad was the best batting practice pitcher in Little League. Uh, he was around all the guys, hanging out, super cool. Had a had a unique sense of humor where he was very serious, but he'd slip jokes and like complete dad jokes in there sometimes. And we'd be like, oh, he's, you know, this guy's funny too. 
is uh, what happened, this is now whatever, 15 years in the rear view mirror, but I used to work for Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel used to do the picks on the Fox pregame with your old man. Mm -hmm. Your old man, allegedly, well, according to Jimmy Kimmel, did not like, your, Howie did not like Jimmy. True or false? I, I mean, I don't know, I was never there, uh, and it's, something that my dad doesn't talk about. It's, it's not like <laughs> it's we, sit, we sit around the Christmas table, the Christmas dinner Don't table. say that name in Do my Do not talk about Jimmy Kimmel. We ever. only talk about Fallon and Coney. I, 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 know how, I know how talented, uh, you know, Jimmy is, and he's done super, You don't super have to well. make peace. You don't uh, we were talking about this before the show. I'm a big Jimmy Kimmel fan. I love the bits he does where he asks people about the Super Bowl, and it's like, the game hasn't happened yet. <laughs> like I, I die laughing at those. I, I share all those on uh, social media. But I, I would say that he, he knows how talented these guys are: Rob Riggle, Frank Caliendo, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, but they're, you know, they're different. It's like it would be like a first baseman hanging out with the pitchers. Like hmm. they're just different, different guys. Hmm. So, so how he didn't? What is this about, handsome? And we had to go another button. I'm yeah, sorry. You, you did it. Leading into this, there was a seven-minute monologue again. I had to give the background. And it, it was a good story. It was a great story. I, I didn't mind, but we, we, we like, uh, we're men of our words. Also, guys who like to be half full at all times. And uh, and so this is what we're doing. All right. Well, I'll encourage you, nay, demand that you button up here because winter is coming for yeah, men. Yeah, coming. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to... A little belatedly this week, it is time for our Game of Thrones review, preview, discussion of our internal fantasy league here. Joined now by Handsome Hank Hodge, son of the Harpy. I am Dave Damastark and Patrick. Wait, what do we have for him? Pat Rick Rickon. Yeah. Pat good. Patrick on Claybon. Baby Stark. I kind of like that. Yeah, kind of good. I'm the puppy. All right, let's review as much as you can recall what we saw in the most re recent episode. Let's start off with. Oh, do you want us to talk about the the fantasy update? Here we go. We'll we'll start with that, and then we'll get into what happened on that show. Our fantasy rules are these: the most uh, the the thing you can really do is get the kills. That's uh, that's, that's what, what you're going to really get. Want. That's what happens although most love, on the although show. Love love is uh, is is also good. Why didn't did anybody get points for Cersei and Jamie making out the way they did? That, because that I think we can assume that that led to I a betting. Until, uh, look, Game of Thrones is not shy about showing you know. Great point. Nudity. If they don't. No, want no, us no. To I mean, love. Like, if they'd want love, actual love, the practice of the love, the practice, of the expression of love, yes. the free expression of love. So you say no points for that then? And I don't think we can. It can be hinted at. Here's the other question that emerged from last week, fantasy wise. Should points have been given to whoever has Jamie Lannister, and that is not me. I don't remember who has Jamie in our league. It's Maurice Jones, Drew, Ike. Taylor. I don't believe anyone I, has him. No, I, you're right, Hank. J Jamie Lannister's on the free agent Went undrafted. list on in our league. No one has Jamie. Well, Lannister? he was a he was a top tier. I mean, he's 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 a top tier guy. Whoa! Well, he did. We saw him kill the Mad King because Bran, with his visions, uh, now he's the three eyed Raven. That with the stuff with, with that among his visions that he had, past and future. It's one of them was one. Jamie killing the Mad King. Do you deserve points for, for a vision? A, because Bran, we're going to start seeing now. Yeah. Bran killing. Or Bran's going to have visions of the what past. If, yeah, but I don't. Know, that could. I mean, they, if if we're seeing the kill for the first time, yes. 
But if we keep seeing repeats of of no, you don't get it each. You don't time. get it. Each you should time. you should get the kill. It's an on screen kill. Yeah, it's an on screen. It's probably the, one of the most important yeah. kills in okay. the history. Okay, make a note of that time, behind the glass. It's the first everybody. time we've seen it. Okay, now let's get the update, uh, updated fantasy scoring here. Damashek, last we looked at it, was in last place. I still yes. am. Wait a second. Why do well, I have minus five still? I thought we addressed no, that. No, we didn't. And look, I'm not going to get into this here. I don't care about the legal precedent that was set by some, like, uh, trying to apply American laws to Westeros, which clearly, like, people go around stabbing each other with swords at all times, and there doesn't appear to be any consequences. We, bought a, we brought in an objective third party from legal the US, consultant. From the U.S. Get me a Westerosian legal <laughs> consultant, and I'll be with you. But I don't think even, you know any. He'd even take a blood rider or, no. or maybe. A bring, bring, me a, bring me a white Claymon, ball. you have no horse in this race, all right? Correct. What do you think about what happened three episodes ago? Oh, we're going back. Yes. Daenerys pushes the fire over and burns the Dothraki guys to Drafted death. Drafted Daenerys. And her two allies, Dario and the guy with the scales, they barred the door so well, they couldn't assumed. get out. We didn't even see them do that. The three yeah, of them, the three of them in a joint venture murder about 12 Dothraki. Right. And so everybody gets kills for that. Yes? I mean, then didn't everybody kill them? Uh, no, because then you we just talked about Jamie. Let's say Jamie's going to this siege situation right. to try to get the Blackfish to come out. Let's say that he is acting as the blockade, keeping people to get out. Hypothetically, people get in there and kill. Are we also going to give Jamie those kills? I, I don't think we are. Mm-mm. Daenerys was the action that caused. This is my Westerosian lawyer. She set fire to our room. And they let they made it so that you couldn't but leave you that room. But you didn't even see that's the, murder. The only, all, they all have the only uh, reason the plan, charred blood on their hands. The only reason the plan works is because she can't right. die in the fire. What if she'd let? What if they? What if she'd like? I don't have the guts to do this. Boo! I don't like this. This yeah, is this another stinks. proof of you being a sore loser. Today's been a quite eye-opening for me, Dave. I can tell you. All right, let's talk about Arya. That's the storyline that uh, that jumped out at me. Claybon, Arya, as I guess we could have suspected, at the last moment she was assigned to murder by the faceless men. That's what they're called, right? The faceless men, the men without faces, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's that guy's name? Jackin. And then he's got the waif, the girl. The waif is the girl. Is the girl. She's a little bloodthirsty. I don't care for her waif at all. She, though, she wants to kill Arya because Arya at the last second decided against murder, slapped the poison drink from her would-be target's hand and uh, and spared her life. Now Arya's on the run. She went, she took the needle, her her little sword, out from where she had hidden it and and uh, left the place where all those uh, those faces are. What do you think's going to happen? Is Arya in some trouble now? Oh, Arya's in almost the same situation she was in. You know, the, the people of the many-faced god are, are going to uh, come after her. Arya has needle now and she has the skills. And, and to be honest, the whole point of her acquiring those skills was to get revenge, and she would have to quit being her in order to get the skills. Right. So she she finally realized that if I'm going to do the things that I want to do, I, I can't submit myself 100% to this weird cult thing. Well, that handsome and I, we talked about that. Well, who, why did she want to be in this dumb fraternity anyway? They had the worst hazing rituals I've ever seen. <laughs> they really did. To kill people. She she wants to kill people. And, and get whacked by sticks. The thing is, though, How the does other girl— well, the waif is clearly a stick 
master. You know, she's a good stick fighter. Is that I don't know if that does that have an official name? Stick fighting. I don't know. One of the teenage mutant ninja turtles does, is right. pretty proficient with that. Too. The one with the her. orange mask. Yeah. Um, but now that she's got the knee, if you remember way back, season one, season two, she's pretty accomplished as a swordswoman as well. Um, yeah, but so, we saw the wave though with that stick. Remember, Arya had the stick, and the wave girl had nothing, and and the wave still embarrassed her in hand to hand combat. She whipped her, so she I was even, blind. The for needle a lot of doesn't. It. The needle is not like it doesn't have magic to it. The way the right, but a sword is better than a stick. But the the issue here is the wave, much like Arya, has allowed her personal desires to overtake. Yes. And ah. so she's going to be conflicted in the head, and as John told Arya a long time ago, she's going to stick her with the pointy end. That's very on. interesting. You know what I think, too, is so the waif, what she also has on her side is that she can take any of those faces, right? So Arya will never see her coming. Every scene that we see with Arya until at least the waif is dead, we're going to have to be worried for, for Arya except that she now knows how to fight in the dark. So won't she want to then – that's how she'll She win. very purposefully blew out the candle in the cavern that she wound up in at the end of that episode. <sighs> Suddenly it was oh, all gone. Oh, yeah. So, nice. so the waif – it doesn't matter what the waif looks like. If anyone walks into that room, Arya's going to stick She's her. now comfortable in darkness, darkness, and that's the edge that she will ultimately she have on the The darkness wave. is her ally. The other thing, real quick, that uh, that jumped out, this was a setup episode for what's going to be this week and, and next week. But, Handsome Hank, what did you make of uh, Tarly, the, uh, the, the Tarly, guy? The Tarly family, I, I like – I thought that they seemed like a charming family with the exception of the father. I think in terms of – and we've all, I'm sure, been there – in terms of bringing a, a girlfriend, whatever, home to meet your family, that went as bad as badly as it can go. <laughs> uh, the, the, the father was not welcoming at all. And, um, I mean, look, I – I'm not the biggest fan of that whole plot line, to be quite honest with you. And I th I'm sure that somewhere along the way, Sam is going to play a pretty significant role in how everything falls out. But up until now, I've found him, a, the whole thing's a little bit tiresome. I don't like the way how he, he sort of goofs his way into right. victory over people that would be able to kill him in, you know, 99 out of 100 he's times. He's sort of the comic relief in this thing. And I, I, and yet he's I killed a White Walker right. already, so he's got that and, going for but him. The, but the sword that he made off with, I mean, the whole point of that, that whole scene and setup is he's made off with a pretty valuable bit of, yeah. of armory. And now he has a Valerian steel sword yeah. that can kill White Walkers, right. much like much like he has I just we knew that his father was gonna have to be a total jerk I just I didn't know that he was going to be that, that much, much of a jerk. jerk I mean you really and like you, you you mix it in with uh 21st century America like what what child wouldn't be like what the, I killed a white walker I, what, what else can I do for you old man to impress you you're not impressed by that you ever had a bad experience like that with uh with bringing a, a, a someone home? I, I once had a <laughs> I once had a <laughs> went to the house of uh, a girl that I was at that time um, seeing, and and I thought it all had gone pretty well. And in fact, I was um, so uh, you know I think I stayed and I wrote a quick thank you note, and I said thank you for I can't remember how it phrased, but I accidentally wrote thank you for letting me have the girl's name oh. rather than that to <laughs> or I'm looking for and that's right I'm looking forward to having her <laughs> rather than having her to stay. I'm looking forward and to having Mary. Yes. And that was that. Oh, that it's going to be Mary. That, that right. didn't go down very well. Yeah, that's on you. <laughs> it didn't go down very well. Listen, quit while you're behind, handsome. Mm. 
You keep messing up your turns of phrase there. Um, so, yeah, so Tarly now has that sword, which means he's going to end up killing more White Walkers. It does undermine. Like I, I don't think he is. I think he'll hand it off to someone who is more capable of killing. What White he's going to do is, here's a prediction, he's going to have to kill his brother, because, and that will make him bad, because everybody, including the Starks, is is now pretty much no one is clean. Everybody has done bad things except for Tarly, and I think to include him into the group that every no one is pure. Tarly's going to kill his brother because his brother's going to chase him. His old man's going to say, "Go get my sword." It's possible. His brother's going to Tarly, and then that'll be the uh, moral conundrum that he must confront. All right, that's it. Follow us at Twitter. You had something to say I just wanted to celebrate the fact that I beat you in two different <laughs> That stinks. I deserve my Game of Thrones points, and I deserve a rematch. John Henry Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. All right. Not in the Patrick Claybon, a delight as always. Thanks, Handsome man. Hank, to you. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you on the other side of Game of Thrones. Update you on the finals, NFL news, so on and so forth. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Another L. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.